0: Schaefer, Schaefer, are, are, are you there? We can also call this One Magical Hour a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. I feel like that sets a, an unreasonable
1: expectation from the audience. Texas, blanketed us in a northern cold wind. It's, uh, it's very, very chilly here. Downright winter-esque. What is this? February or something? What is this? Episode 129 of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. What do we have for you today? What do we have? Some, some segments? Like... Matthew, have you ever wondered some, uh, some of Schaefer's minutiae from uh, various uh, worldwide sporting events that have been going on lately? Have a conversation with our good friend Sean Welsh, who uh, published, recently published a new novel. Uh, he'll be joining us on the phone, so that's exciting. And we'll, uh, of course, have a uh, your workshop, Poetry Corner, all of the good uh, segments that you know and love. As uh, as dictated by producer Emeritus Alex Battles. But first, he is the pride of Tarzana, California. He is a Montserrat Mistaker and a Martinique Mistaker. He's not bad. He's just, well, bad. He's Matthew Rampey. <laughs>
0: Well, give me the podcast and free my soul. I want to get lost in Shafee's Bull and Drift Away. Th- that's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> all <with right>. <laughs> I, wa- I, I meant people? to say Download Away, but the song yeah. is called Drift Away. Yeah. And uh, it was unclear whose version of that song I'm familiar with. I've, is that the Doobie Brothers? But somebody else wrote it. Yeah. Uh, we can we can look it up for next time.
1: Maybe Bon Jovi did it, too. Oh, you really? <laughs> I think so.
0: Oh, God. Um, well, it was, that was not a tribute to
1: Bon Jovi. It was a tribute to... And that's a different song from... Gonna play some funky Dixie Lamb. Pretty mama, go and take me by the hand. By the hand, take me by the hand.
0: Wait, wait how does that song relate?
1: Did Bon Jovi I do that as those well? songs in my head. You associate those two songs? Maybe the Doobie Brothers did both of them. Okay, first of maybe all, maybe so. All right, yeah. but I don't know that that's true. The Doobie wow. Brothers are kind of a blind spot for me. Like they're like I know that like there's certain I know I mostly use them as a punchline, particularly yeah. white groups of people yeah. who I mean, live and die by the Doobie Brothers. But I, I don't know any of those people. I mean, that's how we know
0: Michael McDonald,
1: right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and there's of course there's Doobie Brothers songs that I know, and I'm aware of the you know. Especially now with the, the popularity of rock, Yacht Rock and Dad Rock and stuff. Dad you know, Rock? It's kind of come back. Actually, yeah, Dad Rock is not.
0: Is that a genre?
1: Yeah. Dad Rock is more like uh, Wilco and The National and like Dad's our age, you know. Okay. Yeah. But uh, Yacht Rock definitely claims Michael McDonald and uh, Steve Winwood and yeah, all those guys sure so that's like they've kind of had a moment lately because Yacht Rock has been on you know popular with the kids the hip kids
0: which is great would would know anything about that no no, no 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 I mean we've heard we hear tales of we're reading a blog about it
1: and I mean I love you know the Laurel Canyon sound and uh, all of that ha- you know har- harmon- harmony harmony yeah uh-huh. Say harmony funny, you say harmony, kind <laughs> of strange. <laughs> All of those harmonics, Har-moni. everybody's singing, singing together with a nice little groove. Uh, I, I love that stuff, so okay. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not kicking, not turning, turning this, st- I'm not spinning the dial if Doobie Brothers comes on the radio. Oh, sure. you know, I'll sure. turn that, you could turn the volume knob up. Is that Freedom Rock, man? <laughs> to turn it up, man. <laughs> Well,
0: episode one twenty nine. The date two twenty two twenty two today. It sounds like a it sounds like a number that you call for a personal injury attorney. Call <laughs> two 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 two. There's just one number to remember, and it's two and zero. Well, but that's not in the <laughs> yeah. Technically, it's in the date. Yes, only
1: because there's not a twenty second month. You're actually to make but you have to have four numbers to make it a phone phone call. So if it was it could either be oh two 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 you just add some extra (laughs) twos.
0: Don't try to do the math on this. You just slap some there's a there is a personal injury attorney on on TV right now and his his is four. Too late. I just he, tried yes. to do the math and I For, sprayed, it, sprayed my brain a little bit. <laughs> You're going to have to do the I rest saw, of I, don't know. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I hit a wall as soon as we hit record. <laughs> I, I, I have been full of verve and piss and vigor all day. And then we get to the podcast and it's, I don't know. I'm, kind of, I'm fading. I'm fading fast. Where is this going to go? <laughs> Hopefully our, our segments save us. Hopefully Sean Welsh comes on here gangbusters i think he will something tells me you think he will i think he will yeah
1: okay you think he he's was read,
0: does he have the performative gene
1: he was he definitely does he now, now definitely how, does. how do you
0: know sean welsh again uh tell, Bart, tell Bart, me and the listeners. bartended
1: with him for years in new york at the, at the fourth Face Liar.
0: okay and he's uh a novelist
1: yeah he, there's written a bunch of novels uh, written several novels and a whole bunch of short stories
0: have you read a novel or two of his.
1: Yeah, the one that he's just published. I read years ago. And oh, okay, it was his first draft. Yeah, first draft. How, did, form
0: how does so. that fall in that difficult, difficult category where we talk about the end, ending a story? How did mm-hmm. he do? Give it. A, give. Give the ending of this novel an avocado rating. I uh, based on based on the based on what you know as the difficulty of the novelist ending a novel. So so what I'm yeah. saying is be
1: kind. Definitely, yeah, definitely eight avocados. Like he Okay. Okay. Like the, that, that book you wrote really ties up really nicely at the end. That's
0: eight of eight avocados for those who
1: don't. And know. honestly, like you might I think some readers might uh especially if they don't, you know, if they don't know Sean or if they're not necessarily fans of his style of writing, you might think that they might be a little lost through most of the book. And then the end really ties it up really nicely. So yeah, it does. It definitely does its job. He definitely stuck the landing and, you know, that's the hardest thing to do with the novel. So yeah, definitely kudos to him. Okay. That's how out- that's an outstanding review. He was texting me earlier. I thought it was funny because I just sprung this on him this afternoon. he said, you know, he's down. He texted me. Uh, <laughs> uh What's the dialogue etiquette? Let it rip or watch the tongue or somewhere in between. Huh. <laughs> Something in the back. I said, uh, "I said, just be yourself. We're officially an explicit podcast, but bear in mind, it'll be on the internet. So great Ed Beverly might find it someday. He said, right. I said, I definitely <clears throat> exist. <laughs> Say we exist somewhere in between. Let it rip and watch your tongue. Whatever happens, happens. And he said, let's punch in. He
0: yeah, said, I, think, I think we are right there in the midway point between... Let her rip and watch your tongue.
2: Yeah.
0: Sometimes I let it. let her rip. And usually, I think everybody enjoys that. Yeah, it's funny. And then other it's times, I watch my tongue. And people, I hopefully, it doesn't come across as me watching my tongue. Although, I was listening to myself the other day on the podcast. And I was thinking, I really
1: choose my words carefully. I would imagine that you would be more sensitive to yourself watching your tongue than, like, you might notice it, but listeners wouldn't necessarily.
0: Okay, good. Because I want to give the impression of a freewheeling tongue.
1: And I don't think, you know, somebody who listened to our entire league body of work would probably at that point say, oh, I feel like you were kind of censoring yourself here. Or if they did... They'd be like, yeah, that is a point where you probably should have been censoring yourself because you were talking
2: about... I
0: feel like Manish has, has expressed a little bit of like, wow, you really didn't <laughs> watch your tongue there. <laughs> well, he's a real pro that And, that, that and, and that's and he, the only, I mean, th- maybe that's the only thing that sort of is newsworthy about it are just the times when maybe I got a little loose-lipped and I, <laughs> and I sunk ships, you know. There's no ships to sink. Y'all ship sinker, you? Um, Do we want to just go right into a... Matthew, have you ever wondered?
1: Yes. Is Matthew... Uh, you know, sometimes... Sometimes Matthew ever wondered... Have you ever wondered in Yield workshops crossover? I think that this is actually... Oh, shoot.
0: That reminds me. I had the, the Yield workshop that went hand-in-hand hand with the parody. And I missed it. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. Well, it's about still on that. the show sheet, right? Yeah, it's still on the show sheet. we Let me just get. Let me just slip this in right
1: now before yeah. Matthew. Have you ever wondered? We'll call mine Matthew. Have you ever wondered? Even though it's technically a your workshop. But no, let's uh, do yours.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just. But I'm still. That's still where I want to put in the. Um, where I possibly want to put in the where I want to crowbar in. Cause I already said it. <laughs>
2: yeah. Let's pre-
0: okay. go. <laughs> I've already played that. Th- this is where segments get all mashed up, <laughs> man. This is a mess. To do, 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 do. Um, th- in the parody, I said, I want to get lost in Shafee's bull, which you know what that means. We're just shooting the bull, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which made me wonder what's the definition of shooting the bull. Yeah. And I'd like to put it right into the elevator pitch for the podcast because Merriam-Webster says to talk informally about unimportant things.
2: <laughs>
0: in fact, that could be that could become the headline that of One exactly Magical what Hour. What's your podcast about? Well, we talk informally about unimportant
1: things. We just take the bull out in Matthew's backyard and shoot it. <laughs> I think... Well, it, <laughs> Where did this come I think from? it though? comes is it,
0: from... Is it really bad they, for the bull? They used to call, um, you know, men would gather on the Western Plains and have a bull session. Uh-huh. You know? Oh, there's our guy. He's... Oh, we're... He's not late. We're early. He yeah, is, he's kind of... That a, truck is absolutely right on time. He's I, kind of our bull. I'm telling you, next time, I'm going to grab the laptop and I'm going to run over there and get the sound. <laughs> and then, and let's isolate the sound and then I'll play it each time <laughs> you we go. talk about <laughs> it. Cause you can't really hear it on the recording, the, the truck with the truck wheels and the, and the train wheels just rolled by, which yes. we have been very excited about lately.
1: You have to do that. It'll <laughs> be really funny for him to drive by and see us doing that.
0: I can't imagine what he must think <laughs> to see a man with his laptop Open, cheering, running across the backyard towards the tracks.
1: <laughs> While well, another guy runs behind him, cheering.
0: He's probably he probably doesn't live in Austin, and he's probably just like, man, Austin's those oh, those weirdos. Keep an Austin weirdos. Weirdos. Um So anyway, that's shoot the bull. We're here. We are getting lost in Chafee's bull. Let's do Matthew. Have you ever wondered? Which is. Pretty much everybody's favorite segment at this point, right? I mean, not mine, but uh, I hear it's I hear people enjoy it.
1: So, wait, I'm I'm
0: kidding, I I haven't heard about
1: anybody enjoying or not enjoying it. Let's put shoot the bull to bed. Like, so guys are standing around the rail and the corral has the bull in it, and they're talking about the bull, and that's shooting the bull.
0: No. I think that the bull is the is like the BS. The oh, bull the see. bull session is just a bunch ah, of guys getting together. I see shooting the bull. BSing. And shooting the bull is a nice way to say a it. A nice way of saying
1: we're bullshitting. Okay. All which, right. is,
0: which is related to shooting the breeze.
1: I got it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> shooting the breeze. <laughs> the breeze does not is not
0: affected by your shot. Do you know, they call the wind Mariah. So is that like a, a Mariah homicide? Uh-huh. <laughs> or is that a, <laughs> a Zephyr-Nefer sort
1: of thing? <laughs> Quit shooting Mariah. Quit shooting Mariah. I, have you ever wondered? Yes. Uh, about Have you ever wondered about the word <laughs> smithereens? I use that word to myself. Smashed to smithereens. Uh-huh.
0: You you use that word when you're talking to yourself? Yeah, I was was just Uh, thinking
1: about it the other day. Yeah, uh and I was like, man, smithereens—that's a weird word. I don't
0: know if I have ever wondered about smithereens. I I immediately think of Yosemite Sam. Okay, actually, he's mentioned.
1: (laughs) Yosemite Sam mentioned in the he's actually mentioned online um, blurbs about smithereens. Uh, when Merriam-Webster talks about the origin. Oh, Miriam. Despite its American sound and its common use by the fiery animated cartoon character Yosemite Sam, smithereens did not originate in American slang. Now, whenever there's a a word that sounds really uh, whimsical to me, like bungalow or something like that, I always assume, oh, this is uh, an Indian word that was picked up during British colonialism. Mm -hmm. And I assumed, I was 100% sure smithereens... Must have been taken from English Occupation of India. British Raj. Uh, but I was wrong. It's a, it's a, they're pretty sure that it's Irish, mm. Smitterini, which means little bits, not that Irish word is a diminutive of smithere, meaning fragment. So, uh, oh. so, so yeah, smiterini. uh, smitterini. Schmidarini. Irish. Uh, did I say Schmidarini Funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Irish. Uh, but who does? your mother tongue. Okay. Wow. Um, Talking that Irish.
0: This makes me think that I should wonder
3: about more things. Yeah, you know, the more things just, you wonder about, the more instead, <laughs> instead of just taking we'll things on about.
0: the on face value and dismissing some kind of weird saying by a a beloved childhood Warner Brothers character. (laughs) Thanks, Jafee, for that Matthew, have you ever wondered? Sometimes I feel like the only problem with Matthew, have you ever wondered, is that it just kind of like... Is anybody excited about it except us? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's what the podcast is about. (laughs) Pressing on! You
1: just... Blew my mind with that question. Okay. I think we're worried about that. I know we're
0: I know we're hurtling towards <laughs> calling Sean, but I have a new segment that I think is gonna be huge.
1: I'm it's excited. called
0: Shafee Takes a Fifth Grade Science Test. It doesn't have to be science. We could do other fifth grade tests. But I, I don't know. Be... I don't know. Isabel brought home a test the other day. This is going to be fun, she for was, you, fun for you guys. And she was man. quizzing me. And, and it's funny how you're like, Chivy, you're like an adult, right? You're like a grown up, Kinda. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank you for, I appreciate your candor. <laughs> uh, this is a weather and climate test science quiz meant for fifth graders. This is unit nine. For those following along at home. Um, I'm gonna skip any that ha- have a visual component because I don't want to have to show you the test. I'm just okay. gonna read you some here. But so we're gonna start with question number two. What do scientists oh, oh, and it's multiple choice, but I'm gonna ask you the choice and see if you can answer it without the choices. And then we'll move to the choices just to save
1: face. Okay.
0: Okay. Question number two. What do scientists call the mixture of gases, dust, and other small particles around Earth? Atmosphere. The atmosphere is correct. C, yes. Which of the following is a form of precipitation? And I guess I need to read you the... You got hail, runoff, aquifer, or groundwater.
1: Hale is Okay,
0: Shafee's doing good. in Fifth grade. How did you do in fifth grade? Do you remember? Do you remember your your cumulative GPA from fifth
1: grade? I absolutely do <laughs> not. Fifth grade is a real blank spot for me. Fifth grade is a tough time. Tough time. You're really on
0: the verge of adolescence. You know, like you are right there, about to shed. Just being a kiddo, just being a little kid, you know, you're about to start vaping in the bathroom and vandalizing the the, the lights at the playground.
1: And I'll tell you two things I did a whole lot of. Smoking menthols in, in my case, what I did in fifth grade. In the fifth grade, I listened to my Bangles different light cassette about a thousand times. And I listened to my Belinda Carlisle eponymous solo debut, Belinda cassette about 10,000 times. Okay. Well, Those two things. Things have changed. (laughs) The world is different now. Kind of. Not really. Not really.
0: (laughs) You had your device. You had your Walkman. Yep. And you wanted to get home to your Walkman.
1: Now it's an iPad. I hit that Walkman pretty hard. I also listened to Billy Joel's 52nd Street. Quite a bit. And that,
0: that, <laughs> that led you to here, co-hosting this <laughs> podcast. Sorry, buddy. All right, uh question number five. The imaginary line around Earth shows where the sun's rays cause the most intense heating. What is that line called? Equator. That's right. Which of the fuck oh, man, I need a I need a bell, don't I? Is there a bell on here? I
2: don't
0: oh that kind of says stupid. I'm. I'm gonna hit that if you miss it. Okay. And I'm gonna. I'll do this. uh, I'll do this kind of fun thing if you. If you get it. Which of the following refers to the imaginary lines around Earth that help that help measure how far north or south places are from the equator? Latitudes. Incorrect.
1: Longitudes.
0: It's It's longitude help measure how far north and south places are from the equator. Those are longitude.
1: Latitudes go this way. But 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 <laughs> latitudes are for measuring north and south. They move they move east west. Latitudes move east west, but they're for measuring north south.
0: Oh, you know what? You're so right. You're so right. I see that my daughter got this wrong.
1: Okay. <laughs> so sorry. Well, they were, it's kind of yes. a little tricky there. Well,
0: I forgot that some of these, she got an, I'm so embarrassed she got an 85 on this stuff. Mm. The, and the, you know, the, the punishments were
1: harsh. Changes in latitudes, changes in.
0: Latitude. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh. Here, let me just, we'll just get a couple more of these in. Let me go to the harder ones. Some some of these are ones where you really have to – there's a lot of
1: pictures here. Yeah, that's why latitude and longitude is tricky. Latitudes move from east to west, but they measure north to south. Longitude moves from north to south, but measures east to west. If I may be pedantic. Oh, please do. That's what what the podcast is about. Considering I'm 100% correct on this test, I think I can be pedantic.
0: Oh, absolutely. You are in the position to do so, for sure.
1: For pedanticism.
0: Schaefer, which of the following would be a characteristic of the temperature level in a temperate zone? I'll give you the choices. Usually around 10 Celsius? That's A. B, usually around eighteen Celsius. C ranges from five Celsius to twenty-five Celsius. Temperate zones? Or D ranges from ten Celsius to eighteen Celsius? Which of the following be characteristic of the temperature the temperature level
1: in a temperate zone? I don't. I know about what every American knows about Celsius. I know
0: that, that's why I went to this. I'm going to go real with real I'm
1: going to go with the one that starts at five degrees. Am I? Because I know zero is zero is uh yeah. Because zero is thirty two degrees, and then it kind of it's a it's a more amplified scale. Amplified or less amplified? More amplified. Ugh, I didn't know there
0: was going to be a quiz. I didn't study. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. What, what, so, what were my choices for the ranges? The choice for the ranges is usually <laughs> around 10, usually around 18, ranges from 5 to 25, or ranges from 10 to 18.
1: Okay. Well, then when I would see ranges from 10 to 18, since they mentioned 10 and 18 twice.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> ho, <laughs> context clues. <laughs> Oh, you got that one. Also, a temperate is like a small range.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, but a temperate for me would probably include that five degrees. You know,
0: what uh, te- what, te- what
1: temperature do you think it is right now?
0: Uh, I think it's about fifty-two you
1: can, right you can now. Fahrenheit. See
0: what your phone says.
1: I think it's it's colder than fifty-two, man. It definitely is. If it were forty nine. If it were fifty-two, I would not be batting. An eye. I'm going to go with forty-two.
0: No way. It, it was too warm today. It just hasn't cooled down that much yet. The air temperature. You're feeling the wind chill right now. That's true. You're right. The, the, the north wind is whipping across the studio. I hope that's not affecting
1: the oh, sound. I pulled up, I pulled up Lubbock temperature is 33. <laughs> what did you say? I said 52. 53. Okay. Damn. But let's see here. this feels, like. feels like 53, too. Like it feels colder than 53.
0: Um, it's chilly.
1: It, it, it's mainly chilly because it was so much warmer today. I guess so, yeah. You know, it doesn't usually bother me, but I'm feeling a little colder than usual. Tonight. Maybe my cardiovascular system is enough to...
0: Well, I think those are the only interesting questions on this test that... And th- this this segment wasn't as exciting as I thought. You know, we should test out these segments <laughs> before we do them right I thought on it the was podcasts. fun. I thought it was fun. It was oh. really
1: scary for me at the beginning because I thought I was going to screw it up. But uh,
0: Well, you did better. And then there was that real wild card when you said I was wrong. Oh, but it turned out man. I was right. I, I, hope, was that, I hope that. It was because you
1: raised a bonehead. I hope that my daughter's <laughs> teachers are
0: better than me.
1: <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Isabel is a lovely and yeah, super smart super individual. Bright. She's he, she's got only be uh, only because she is as smart as she is that I feel comfortable sure. making that joke. Of course,
0: I was not. No, no offense taken. If I, you know, she's so. Um, what, I let the computer go to sleep. I hope it's still recording us. Um, <laughs> she is so. She's so she's you. so bright that she gets bored with things you know yeah and sometimes she doesn't like Tell read about it. read Is carefully it and check her work you know so i'm gonna i'm gonna chalk that one b up to that
1: and then you know she can find another place to live she
0: brings home another one of those bees
1: matthew how'd you like the drop at the top of the show Told from episode one of one magical hour
0: I mean, that may be the funniest thing I've said the whole time, and it occurred in like the first 15 minutes of
1: the of the podcast. Did anything about that recording that wasn't talking stand out to you? Did you hear it? It was in the pause between what I said and what you said.
0: Did I move my chair?
1: I did. I had that creaky-ass wooden chair uh, Oh, that when you go back and listen to the, when I go back and listen to the old episodes, it is- Maddening. Oh uh, yeah, that yeah. chair creaks every like once a second through every recording. It is absolutely maddening.
0: I mean, it's funny because the first episode of the podcast, you called me and I, I was sitting at the kitchen table, and we also have some rickety chairs. But then, yeah. for, for uh, l- later that in the podcast, I I walked into the bedroom. I love that chair, mind you. You know, we must have like a hundred and fifty hours of podcast. It,
1: right. Easily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because some of those were going two and three hours easily in the, in the early days. We don't have
0: anything. We have like one thing that reaches two. Oh, really? Yeah. We don't have any super long ones. And I thought that we would. But it just, it turns out it's harder to talk for three hours than, <laughs> than Joe
3: Rogan makes it look.
1: Well, yeah. Or like, you know, Luke and Andrew, they they have, you know, the thanking the listeners. They have advertisements. Yeah. They have all kinds of things in there. Yeah, we're doing all the content. No adverts. And Joe Rogan probably has a lot of... There's, I imagine him doing a lot of energy drinks.
0: I guess. I, I think it's just that he... He brings people on that they have a whole agenda. Like that's true. Each guest has a whole thing. It, either they they want to talk about it's it's either like experts or journalists, and there's there's a major topic, and so they just can just go and go. And if I had my uh, most have, a of a lot of a lot of his shows, I listen to like the first hour or so, and then I know that in the second and third hours, it kind of meanders.
1: That's why we don't do it. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> Lord knows we don't meander. Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to a couple of people. Okay, uh, they're both in San Antonio. One is Colin, uh, new, new listener Colin. Okay, uh, Colin is uh, a, a friend of mine. Like a kid I met uh, at the bar the other day. Okay, uh, and he's really cool, and he was, said he was going to check out one magical hour. Uh, and the other is Miranda, also in San Antonio, Texas. Miranda is a clinical lab director, and she's... what? She's six Some, foot six of redheaded attitude.
0: Somebody with a legitimate job is listening to our podcast. I think she's
1: uh, a. <laughs> I think she's also in school. But uh, oh, hello to hello to San Antonio listeners and hello Colin, hello Miranda, Brian, uh, who we love down in San Antonio, Brian who. Brian Benitez, not, not Brian. Oh, Cole. Brian Benitez, right, right, of, no, of the notorious rivalry between Benitez <laughs> and Kroll. Um, I hope that your friend Sean
0: can just save this one. I hope that <laughs> I hope he can really turn this button around. All right, I'm going to text him incoming. We've been doing a lot of good episodes lately, and. I was wondering when it was going (laughs) to, when the wheels were going to come off. (laughs) That was 129. Somehow, in retrospect, I should have known the whole time.
2: Yo!
1: Hey! What's going on? That was a fantastic answering of the phone, Sean. Ladies and gentlemen, one magical hour. Welcome, Sean Welsh. Thank you, Sean. I'd like to meet my friend Matthew.
0: Hey, Sean, how's it going? Matthew, how are you, pal? Nice to talk to you. Very well, nice to talk to you. Um, All right. let me let me ask you, have you listened to this podcast in the past? Have... I have not,
2: unfortunately, no. <laughs> good, good. Okay. We no like we else. like to
0: make sure that none of our guests have ever heard it before it gives yes, a, it gives a real I, I, freshness I'm to everything. Extremely embarrassed. No, no, not don't be. Don't be you're you're amongst an illustrious crowd. Yeah, that's no, that's a
1: rarity in itself. I feel like it's easier to talk to people who haven't listened to it before. At least cuz it, people that have like like everybody loves it when Alex Battles comes on the show, but then we end up just talking about the show. Right. <laughs> right. It's much easier to have fresh, new things to discuss when when somebody's cold with uh, One Magical Hour. So we're, we're glad that for makes, it. That makes
3: total sense. Speaking of Battles, what, I, you know, we shared a plane, the, the hottest thing.
2: Battles, you know, Battles is from around Cleveland, too. He's from the Burbs. I'm I'm from Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Cleveland Heights. You heard? No, and, uh, it was the oddest thing i I would see battles once a year, and we I was going into Cleveland
1: for something I can't remember, and we shared a plane, the same plane there and back. Huh? And I try to keep
3: in touch with him, but battles just disappears.
1: Yeah, he, yeah, he does. Um, he does that. He does
3: but he's I've he's been liking some of uh and battles if you're listening love you bad um he's
1: been liking some things I, I've uh put up on Twitter and stuff like that so I know he's watching I know he's, uh, he's out there yeah he's always there I think you know a, a lot of us are kind of like that you know we check in and check out based on you know what we need personally right uh, yeah, that, although, that, absolutely, it's different for us bartenders because we kind of always have to be in front of people for some amount of time every week. Yeah, that's. Uh, and then that, and that can actually make you run and hide even more when you don't have to be in front of people, right? Well, you're able to you're able to spot things like uh, down the road several. You know, you could you could kind of hawk the room a little bit you know, better than most people because you've been put in so many social situations. You know, you, can, you kind of get red flags and you hear things, you know, you just kind of feel it out. And I don't know. Just that kind of stuff all depends on what kind of mood you're in, you know, I feel. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes, uh, you know, most of the time if I'm not in the mood to bartend, I can fake it. You know, I can still be nice to people. But right. once, once every now and then like you can't even do that and that's yeah. a that makes that makes for that makes for a really hard shift but
0: sometimes i'm not really in the mood to podcast but i can fake it <laughs> but people never know, yes. people can't tell yeah Especially especially to some jerk who's never listened to the podcast. No, 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 no. I get it. No, I get it. No, 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 you Sean, we're relying on you to turn this podcast around. We've already done we've already done half of the cast and we're turning to you. This guy's getting real fresh
2: right (laughs) away.
0: That's such like a thing to like a Cleveland. First thing, I was not getting fresh, sir. No, uh, I not. was. This was that was not a comment on you at all. But but your wow. response to that is exactly how I imagine somebody would from mm. Cleveland would handle that. <laughs> yeah, here we
3: go with the Cleveland. No, you're right.
0: You're absolutely right. I'm. Fa- I'm. We've talked to Alex about this. I'm fascinated from Cleveland. I don't know from Cleveland. You know, like I've I've never been. Uh, I've I I've never been east of the Mississippi.
1: You know. I mean, really. If you're from Cleveland, why would you take any shit? (laughs) Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Hold on a second. Yeah, Uh,
0: you're not gonna put up with that. No, 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 nor would I. But, Um, but that's just totally like, um, like a preconceived notion that I have. So,
3: you know, Cleveland, uh, I like to refer to as as a, uh, a hard water town. You know, it's uh, <laughs> that was a Zest commercial, I think. Hard, hard, hard water
1: town, famous for <laughs> yeah, you know, the water's hard when it catches fire. Yeah, <laughs> hard to put out. Oh. oh, um, Cleveland was great, Cleveland's a great place to grow up. Uh, there's you know, sports fan, I mean, the best fans. <laughs> you know, uh, something ridiculously passionate. Um, ridiculously, just, indeed. Passionate. Yeah, it, it just. Um, one would say irrationally. What? What's that? Well, one would say irrational. Yeah, uh, irrationally passionate. You know, given some cases. Given their given their frequency of victory. <laughs> and, <laughs> you're right, you're right. Hey, man, I'm a Houston sports fan. I, it, I am. Even more irrational than you. Well, um, my, but my own, see where I learned to be a fan was uh, in
3: Cleveland. Now, there's certain teams that I root over, you know, I'm, I'm a Judas, uh, as my mom would say, uh, because my favorite teams, some of
1: them are Cleveland teams. Are you kidding and haven't been for a long time. I think everybody you know? would understand why a kid who grew up rooting for Cleveland teams would start rooting for the Yankees as soon as he possibly could. Well, that, well, not not a kid from Cleveland, though, man. I mean, that's <laughs> – no. you know how it goes. Yeah, you know, yeah. Stocks, like, even the New York guys still give shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying – I'm not saying that that it's widely accepted. I'm just saying I understand. I understand why, you know? Oh, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> right, right, I, I, right. Now I live in New York. I can root for a team that wins. Why wouldn't you? Yeah.
3: <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, well, that year, I'll tell you exactly. So I was a Browns fan growing up, and I grew up, I remember the day, the, I remember the weekend they drafted Bernie Koza, and uh, the whole town was just a light, you know? <laughs> and um, so they gave, I, was that 86? Was that his rookie year? I, young in his career, it was the infamous uh, Denver game where it was the fumble, the Ernest Biner fumble. Ernest Biner happened to be my favorite player. And he's going into the end zone, and he fumbles, and it's this total, complete disaster, and everybody is coming down on my man, Ernest. I was heartbroken for him, you know? But consequently, that year... Couple other things happened. I was also a New York Giants fan. I was a big fan of the running back Joe Morris, and so that was the Norwood
1: year. Eighty-six, you said? uh,
3: Yeah, was it eighty-six? Was that the Giants eighty-six?
1: That sounds right to me. I but read about it was fifth grade for me. I remember that much.
3: Yeah, so I think they won. I, I could be off on that, but shortly around there, the Giants were winning, and I was
1: big fans of a couple players on there. And um, Get some Lawrence Taylor in there? LT was there for sure, yeah. Get some Refrigerator Perry? I was, oh, no, that was that was no, Chicago. Bears. He was the Bears. No, was the Bears. <laughs> but then something else happened, and then I never was a Cleveland Browns fan after. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll watch it, I'll root for them in certain games, but, uh, they got rid of Ernest Beiner, and it broke my heart. I'm sorry, bud. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, 12-year-old Sean. I know. Those are the breaks, kid. I mean, that's when it really all started going down. So, right uh, we've talked about your relationship with Cleveland. Um, yes. Um, I think probably now is a good time to talk about your relationship with New York and talk about the novel too. Um, how did it go last right. night at your party? I I humbly say that I I think it went
3: over very well. I've been told by several sources that I love and trust that it went very well.
1: So cool. And what what bar was it?
3: Uh, it was the Palace in uh,
1: Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Oh, nice. The Palace Social Club. Oh, the you,
3: the Palace Cafe,
1: Schaefer. You know the turning the turning worm. Got it, Ben. <laughs> nice. That this place, Matthew, that he's talking about, is around the corner from the first place that I lived when I moved to moved up there in two thousand. Okay, right on the right. Just to make sure,
3: the, this right off McGorlick
1: Park. McElroy park. You know, park yeah. Corner, right. Yeah. Right there, honey. Yeah. So if you if you had walked up the park and made a right on Humboldt, you would have you you would have walked by a red door, and that's where that's where TJ lived, Lucas lived, Ben Murphy lived. Lizzie lived, that's Kaylee lived, Tara lived. Wow. All of those wow. people lived. There. So that's that's where the commune was. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Kaylee used to call it uh call it 160 drigs. Uh sorry, it was it was 160 drigs, but Kaylee called it 160 drugs. <laughs> <laughs> totally. yeah. Oh man. So uh that's so weird. some readings.
3: Yeah, um, there's a point I, I Schaefer, I briefly uh, mentioned to you the the poet that read last night. His name is Russell Dillon. He's got a book of, uh, he's got a collection of poems out there called Eternal Patrol, um, which is a a great, if I may, a great little title in and of itself, very eerie and haunting. Um, It's a a submariner term, I guess, or submarine term where uh, essentially the submarine gets lost at sea and they never recover wreckage, and so they put it down. There's a, a special book or log that's still out on eternal patrol. Oh wow! Which, yeah, it's very, and uh, that's the kind of magic you can uh, come to expect between those pages. He's very, he's very, very good. Um, so he read last night, and then there was, of course, you kicked it off, which I did not
1: expect. I mean, wow! <laughs> <laughs> I thank you, sir, from the bottom of my heart. I'm just glad you enjoyed it. I felt like, you know, I was taking some Some no, ri- some taking some I, risks I, there. Kind of went to some dark places, but... Uh. You did? Well, well, hold on,
3: man. I, like I said in the text earlier, um, you, <laughs> I'm just beginning to digest
0: that one. <laughs> wait, wait. So wait, back it up for the listener. Sorry, what no, happened? Sorry. There was a there was a reading, and you wrote a poem for Sean. Yeah, and you yeah, did. You did right. it by Zoom.
1: Yeah. Adam, well, no, Adam took a video of me, and we sent it up, and they showed it over the TVs in the system at the bar there. Okay. Okay.
0: And it was an homage of sorts.
1: Yeah, I wrote I wrote, I wrote a poem for yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Which he didn't know that I was going to do that. So I was just like, I I'm do gonna. Yeah, s- I did not. Think something I didn't even realize that I was going toe to toe with this Russell Dillon guy. I realized there's gonna be another poet at the party. So, oh, well.
0: is, hey, a, is a recording oh, on a screen toe to toe? He was that yeah. guy there in person, the other guy?
3: Uh, wait, he was, yes, okay. You, you got to be there Show
0: with him off. to go toe
3: to toe.
1: Oh, but hey, listen, what do you want what did you want me to do? No, no, it's not a contest. It's not a contest. And I obviously I, I was I was invited. I and I'm sure you would and there.
0: I'm sure you would have been there if if given the chance, yes.
1: Yeah. Oh absolutely. Uh well, and
0: okay.
3: From, may I ask? Uh I might you be
1: recording one or two more because we got another ripper coming up. Oh uh, I guess I could do another one, sure. I was kind of imagining you'd just use the same one, but uh, um, well, well you, you do what you feel comfortable with, huh? all right. If, if, if yeah. something, if something occurs same, to me, I'll send you the another same one. Same
0: people in the audience,
3: it's it gonna be, be a
0: different crowd, yeah. You got to do a different one.
3: That's what that was my thinking, Matthew. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, all right. But yeah, I don't, I you
1: know, I put you on the spot here. I'm sorry, hey, no, it's, it's on now. I got a kiss. No,
0: you're it's on. You've been served. You know, uh,
1: and it's on.
0: I mean, I don't
3: want I don't like to put it like
1: that, but I think as as a as a writer, as a hard scrabble writer in New York City, you'll understand this. Like where I got where I where I got how I got where I got to in New York as a writer was by never saying no to any opportunity. That's very, very anytime good. somebody wants you to read, you say yes. Anytime somebody wants yeah. to publish a poem, you say yes. Anytime yeah. somebody wants to, to come to your their party, you say yes, and that's how yeah. you meet people, and that's how you, you you know, build up favors, and that's how you get stuff done. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, you just that's shouting fair. shouting into the abyss. Yeah, you gotta get rid of. Yep. So you ask me to do it, and I'll do it definitely. Yeah, and you know it helps that the subject matter is, is so fecund, is so. Uh, <laughs> it's just, you're, you're what just was that
3: kinda, word? You're on the hustle there, you know, and that hustle creates that. Uh, you know, you're, you're using the muscles every day, all the time. So you're just, you're kind of razor sharp to different situations. <laughs> and now, the, the idea is formula, you know, formulate whatnot.
1: Do you want to give us just, uh, like, you know, for Matthew and for folks who haven't read the book, just kind of a quick rundown of it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's uh, my first novel, uh, Daylight Baby. I'm pretty proud of her. It's uh, it's a small small uh, garage in Connecticut <laughs> called the Collective Press um, and it's about it's essentially about a week in a young man's life he's 26 oh, um,
0: good time. yo know, yeah <laughs> and it takes it takes place on a, uh, a Monday through a
3: Sunday uh, each, each chapter is a day and what it is 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 the protagonist is Paul Andrew Whalen, and he is just kind of a blank canvas. And he's just out there being 26, and it's where he is in his life and the circumstances along the week that happen, And what he doesn't realize, and he's completely witness to, is that those are small changes in his life, and what he's going through and where he's at. He's a complete wreck and he is uh he has a redemptive moment he doesn't realize it but it's it's change it's real definitive change you're catching him from going to day day to night and where he decides real change in the path to discovering perhaps maybe you know he's got real power you know maturing essentially
0: a coming of age story
3: no That's... yes uh
0: no, yeah, no, that that's just, sure. yeah. I, I, I'm sorry to even have applied that. I don't think that's right. It, it's more like a, it's more like a coming to terms story. Uh, yeah. It's like a, one of those sort of, um, Without well, giving. I, don't, I don't, I don't know that, yeah, I, mean,
3: I guess you could call it a coming of age, but I don't necessarily know that it is that because there's, there's so much, there's so many care because it's, against the backdrop of new york and there's there's he's in and out of two spots the bars that he has locals and that the, the characters they're there that they play such a part and you know i guess that that is true of any coming of age story but i don't know that he you know he's pretty witless to any of it so i guess we're just kind of it's a breakdown
1: I guess. Without giving too much away, Sean, I wanted to tell you like my two favorite parts of the book. And I was telling Matthew a little bit about this earlier. You know, he was asking me about it. And definitely the way that you end the book is just amazing. And like I feel like like it was different for me. I enjoyed every single detail uh yeah from the book because I was able to put myself right into all you know almost all of those situations right there with you, you know. Uh, Cause you. I'm real you know, close with you, but I can see somebody who, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe they didn't live like you and I say, or, you know, they didn't <laughs> oh, yeah. have the same. They, how many people do, though. they didn't, they didn't become, they didn't move from being kids to being adults in New York city. Like we did, right. uh, you know, maybe they wouldn't, maybe they would feel like that, that story is a little wayward, you know, and the character is, you know, kind of lost. And, you know, sure. what I thought was really amazing is really hard to do in a book. The hardest thing to do is end because, you know, like I tell people, ends don't exist in real life. In real life, everything keeps going. So anytime you end anything, it's going to be you're going to run a real danger of it sounding false. But I love the ending of your book because it just it wrapped everything up so nicely. and made it so clear, you know, what the you know, what this guy had been through and where he's headed and uh, like, I, you know, I don't want to tell anybody about what exactly happens on the last, that Sunday, but uh, it's the, like the, all the getting there, it makes everything tie together in a really brilliant way. So, so the end's my favorite part of the book, but then definitely my second favorite is all the time in bars. And you know why? Cause it, like, and I know you understand this, like I can, I have specific people that I picture for every one of those characters that you describe, right? <laughs> You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's there, and there's that girl, and there's an, you know, whether or not they were the ones you were talking about, like, I, you know, I pictured them uh, very easily. They're all all present, they're all there, for sure. It was so much fun. Yeah, Yeah, that's, uh, those are some of my favorites, too. Um, You know, some people that have read it, they they have uh, similar
3: instances where they've come into play, and so much, you know um they'll pull me aside and go oh that's uh so-and-so right and i'm like oh man i'm like this could be bad in a lot of ways
1: but it's different for you as the writer though because you know like it, the, that that could be like three or four different people and then there definitely is the reader so, picks the reader, reader picks one person you're like oh yeah there's a little of that person in there but there's also a little bit of a bunch of different yeah people. and that's
3: that's kind of speaking of change Uh, that's kind of like where the story takes on life of its own because their interpretation, you know, they're telling you, you know, there was this one guy, I wrote this short story called 238th street. And it was about a cat, just a couple of guys having a catch, having a catch, excuse me. And, um, a couple months after the, this guy read it, he pulled me aside and he's like, Oh, I loved it, man. It was great. And I'm like, what? That he's like that story, and I'm like, oh yeah, the catch. He's like, that's us, right? He's like, no. He's like, that's that's us. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, it's not us. That was like, and I tried to tell him and tried to explain to him. But I swear to God, it was like we got into this weird bubble, and he was getting fucking angry. He's like, dude. He's like, that's that. So now anybody comes up to me, they'll pull me aside. They're like, Sean, I remember. And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking about like that had nothing to do with anything close to where, you know, the infant is aware of came from anyway.
1: And it's all about what the reader takes away from it. Right. You know?
3: it's, it's their own interpretation. It's where, the, it's where the baby gets legs and starts running and doing whatever, you know, the story is going to do by itself. I mean, your job is um,
2: your job is done as far as is is giving it you know the, the legs it needs you know, wow. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes, one of these
3: one of the really cool things lately that I as of late that I found through this process is is that people started reading it. They started to come back and talk to me about characters, and they started to talk to me about. Why a person? Why this character did that? Why that character? Like you know, and I had, I had this. It was a new to me because I never had people come up to me and talk about my work like this. And then, it, all of a sudden, it was I who kind of changed and was outside looking in. If this makes any sense, to this guy giving these characters that I created life, and that to me was very that happened, and it was very special. Very, very special.
1: Yeah, that's exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, your work is like living in those people's heads. I, I, it <laughs> Blue brother, blew
3: my fucking mind, man. Really did. Yeah. Really did. In wow. a good way. Very wow. good way.
0: <clears throat> I have always, I, I make art. I make visual art. And I've always had this feeling that the artist's intention is not really that important. The magic happens in the viewer's heads. It's all about, it's all
1: about the subjugation of the, the thing, man. It, essentially, that's where it goes. I mean, I think everybody knows that you can drive yourself crazy trying to make somebody think something that they're not thinking.
0: Well, I also, <laughs> I, but I, I, and then it's also, it's also great art that is thought provoking rather than just like entertainment, which just kind of like tells you what to think, you know? Yeah. And if your friend, yeah. if your friends and readers are like, <laughs> talking to you about the character's motives, that, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it,
3: it's it, you know, the magic. <laughs> it really, it exists, man. I'm a firm
1: believer in it. Sean, uh, you're welcome to say no to this because I didn't bring it up with you before, but Go ahead. do you have a little bit of the book handy that you could read? Uh, bu- 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 I do.
0: Sweet. I, I do. think that would help legitimize both the, podcast and the conversation and, <laughs> the readers would be like are they did they make up a novelist
1: and uh, <laughs> sean at the at the end of every episode uh we uh we read a poem so okay. uh at the end of this one we're gonna read the poem about you so it'll be pretty fun for uh oh, oh, man. our <laughs> listeners to have met you have heard some of your work and then uh and then Brilliant. they can hear yeah. uh the sean welsh villanelle so yeah, it was a super exciting evening. I'm glad like the, the fact that our listeners need to understand that uh Sean's doing all this on about two hours notice. So well done, man. Oh, thank you. Um did, I mean I got, I grabbed a book but you wanted me uh you want me to hit it now or Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah, I was I was kinda rapping just to help you find the uh find the location. Oh is that, is that how it went? <laughs> all right Um, i'll leave it up to you whether you want to give any context for it or just uh, just lay it on us Uh, both would be fine either way would be fine you know what i was gonna dig up something excuse the
0: uh just a little patience for me one second oh we can vamp we can certainly (laughs) talk about (laughs) Uh, wait, what was that uh, definition of shoot the bull? We can talk informally about unimportant things while you look for. <laughs> that's
2: that what type,
0: we do. Yeah, that's sort of. Uh... Uh,
1: Sean, there was I wanted to talk to you about one. There was one female bartender in your book that, and I can't remember her name now. But you, you remember way back in the day, there was a super cute blonde Irish bartender who used to come around. And then, you know, like later, you know, I would say it was the first three years that the that the four faced liar was open. And then she kind of disappeared. I don't know if she went back to Ireland or what, but she was definitely one of y- you and Denver's friends in the old days. Uh she was blonde and fantastically cute. And that uh, you know, that in the bar scene, there's the there's the there's the male bartender who I always picture Colin. Um or column, sorry. Uh, uh, you mean the one, uh, Noel and Anne and Chris's? Yes, no, that's I. I picture column there. There's, that's what I do. There's, a, there's, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of column there. Uh, and then the lady bartender, I always imagined as that blonde. I, I, I want to say maybe her name was. She had one of those I, very Irishy names.
0: Um, Bronwyn.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> cutting. Was it? Uh, I I think I might. This
3: is. First of all, there were many cute blonde Irish bartenders.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, but I I man, if I nail this, was it? Uh, did she have short blonde hair?
1: Yeah, uh, I would say yeah, like ear to chin length.
3: Was <laughs> it styled like? this she kind of had a, like it was kind of a poof? on top like kind
1: of like Tara Turner's but not as pronounced another bartender in the Westville yeah that sounds that <laughs> sounds right to me yeah
3: I think I think her name was a she worked
1: in theo see I'm not sure about that but I do remember it, yeah I was gonna say it started with a what Ainsley I was gonna say Ainsley I yeah think I, think, Ainsley? That I Ainsley. think that that's her I think that
3: that's her you listen, I'm wrong. It's Ainsling, I think,
1: with ING. I think that's it. I think that that's exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> so that's funny. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, so I got it, boys. A uh, little context. Protagonist Paul Andrew Whalen, uh, he's, he's kind of waking up, uh, and he's got a heavy night ahead of him. And he's waking up from a heavy night previously, you know, he, he really, he likes to drink and, uh, he was out with his friend, Adam, the night before. And this is just a little taste on Thursday. Paul woke in his underwear. It was five AM. His mind was blank. So he lay back down on his pillow waiting for his head to kick everything started. His hands began to pound, the right more than the left, and he assumed he must have fallen. He tried to remember at least walking through his door, but could not. As he wiped the crust from the corners of his eyes, he waited for a headache to emerge, but it did not. He assumed he was still drunk, and that aggravated a notion of sobering up at work and having to deal with it then. Standing He remembered Siobhan openly flirting with him, and a a feeling of confidence arose with it, though he had no immediate plan to act on it. He listened for several moments for any madness happening outside or in, but all was calm. He found his clothes by the side of the bed and checked immediately for his phone. He found it with no messages. Fucking shot there, he said. Then he checked further for his wallet, with every expectation of it being bone dry in the fold. He was surprised to see any bills at all, which he could not explain to himself how or why. <laughs> Kneeling over the strewn pants, he was quite sure that he did not steal from anybody, but worried if anyone would be looking for him. Did I find it? Where? Did I go to Ned's? No. Maybe. <laughs> did Adam give me more? what the hell happened to Adam? He thought, he he counted out $68 and smiled.
1: Man, that's uh, a little taste of, unless you want me to keep going. Another night. I think that that's, that that was a perfect, uh, perfect selection. Right. And I definitely, (laughs) you know, Matthew, funny thing about uh, Sean and I, uh, we always kind of you know, we worked different schedules at the bar, so we weren't always really free at the same time. So we spent tons of time together, you know, like, like enough to, you know, make us brothers, turn us into family. Yeah. We spent at the uh, bar.
3: right?
1: But we would yeah. almost never see each other outside of that place. Now, now Schaefer, in all
3: the years that you and I worked together, passed through, you know, but I a lot, of life, like, a lot of life between us. We
1: have gone out together, I think, exactly, maybe, like together. Once, once, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and after <clears throat> after that night, the people who knew us were like, "Yeah, you guys shouldn't do that anymore." Al <laughs> yeah, Sullivan, Sullivan came storming in two days later. He's like, "You guys can go out ever good. <laughs> <laughs> go out together." Oh, what a fun night it was, though. Yeah, yeah. Gavin dragged me out of the play that fucking night, and I started swinging on him. Remember <laughs> yeah. that? We were standing there at Playwrights Tavern uh, you know, belly up to the bar and and just out of nowhere this guy got got Sean on a full Nelson and just ripped him away from the bar and out of the street. <laughs> so I'm just like I took time to finish my whiskey I was like alright I'm going to need this for whatever's about to happen and go staggering out there ready for a fight but then found them laughing with some friend of his just like, and Sean's yeah. a big dude right? So this dude like just instantly surprising him and getting fully 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 immobilizing him and dragging him out of the bar. It was, it was a dramatic thing to see. We're still running around midtown today, pal. <laughs> yeah. You're still that's
0: friends with you're still friends with those guys. Yeah, I absolutely am. He uh, that's my friend Gavin. He's running a
1: spot over on 47th Street still. Yeah. You know what? Uh Sean. Yeah. When was the last time you saw Jimmy the Rip? Uh, interestingly
3: enough, saw him. It's been a few years.
1: That's what I figured.
3: I'm, I'm in constant, yeah. I'm in constant contact. He, do you remember Doctor Z who owned uh, Barrel Street? Yeah. He took over the Soho room,
2: uh, and believe it or not, Jimmy the Rip is working with him along with.
3: None other than
1: Jeremy Banta. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is that a team or what? <laughs> Solid. You know? I'm glad to hear it. The way I was telling a regular about Jimmy the Rip the other day, and yeah. then I realized if, like, from the way that he like totally dropped off my radar, which granted I don't live up there anymore, but still, you know, I, I still keep up with people. And I was like, you know, yeah. I haven't heard anything about, it. and Jimmy the Rip's the kind of guy where, you know, like if you were to just disappear, you might be like, "All right, well, this is an institutionalization," or you know, maybe like, maybe right. he like was off, went off a bridge somewhere, or right. maybe he's at the bottom of the East River, you know. Yeah, um, well, there's a reason I call him the Rip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he comes by it honestly. Uh, he lives up to it. He's got some great stories. So the, the fact Rip that does. the fact that he's a okay, yeah. So my so my Jimmy the Rip story, you know, I was the daytime bartender. At, yeah at the four-faced liar. So I generally saw people at their best, you know? Yeah. And there was one day and I had opened up early, maybe for some kind of sporting event or what, I don't know, but I was, I was open early on a fucking Wednesday or something, you know? Yeah. And Jimmy, the rip comes wandering in, you know, and I take uh open up a cider for him. Cause that's all he drank. Uh, the Magnus, yeah. The Magnus cider. <laughs> okay. And right, I Magnus. hand it to him, you know, and she's Jimmy the yeah. Rips, the kind of guy who, you know, no matter what, you know, you're gonna like he's he's not a guy I would ever cut off, you know, right? Okay. He's he's a very experienced fellow. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. What, what what you would do is you would
1: hide the beer and like put it at the other end of the bar yeah. and you couldn't find it. <laughs> you pretend like you were giving him a new one, but it's the
3: same one from before. And then you'd hide it and uh, you'd hide it again. And then yeah. You
1: know, so I had it awesome. in this. I I handed him the smackers without even thinking about it, and then I'm you know cutting limes and doing my stuff, opening up the bar, and then I start talking to him, and I'm like, holy shit, this guy is like ten sheets to the wind. Oh yeah, he's like more ripped than yeah. anybody could possibly be. And just like if you started <laughs> drinking at six a.m., right, or even you know if you were drinking the night before, he's still drunker than that. And finally, I realized he had been looking for, he had lost his car 72 hours before, and he had been going from bar to bar,
0: stumbling around all the, the bartenders that
1: he knew, it. then all the after hours that he knew, and then yeah. to the spring lounge at 7 a.m., and then to the next bar, he had been bar hopping for two and a half days. <laughs> for the ride. <laughs> trying to find his car, which is parked somewhere on the island of Manhattan. I've been
3: looking
2: for my car for two and a half times. <laughs> Where's my ride? Give me a
0: minute. Did he did he ever find his whip? I think he must have. No oh, problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah
3: Jimmy uh, there
0: was uh, I'll, I'll chime in with one more. Wait, is he uh, was it is Jimmy an older guy?
1: Yeah. Old yeah, he, well,
3: he's yeah, he's got to be in his fifties now. This is going back like ten years, I think. Yeah, give or sake, maybe not that long. Anyway, we were at the uh, we were at the Yankee Steakhouse in the you know, there's a Yankee Steakhouse in the stadium, right? <laughs> so,
0: no, I did not know that. Oh, you're yeah, not Matthew. I'm sorry, but I'm thank sorry <laughs> yeah, thank <laughs> you for letting me know. I'm sorry, Matthew. The Yankees. I get involved in these stories. I get lost. I'm Yankees. Sorry. That's you know, baseball, right? That is baseball. <laughs> here Okay. We go. Okay. okay. That is go, baseball. go on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so in Yankee Stadium, Matthew, there's a steakhouse,
3: and uh, we were there with a bunch of guys, and we were on the rip. <laughs> and Jimmy was. Jimmy was. Jimmy was in good form when we sat down. Right now, a. a Across the aisle, there's a table there with Johnny Damon, Johnny Damon's wife, Cece's wife, and Cece's mother, right? <laughs> and so here's us. <laughs> He's <laughs> Bohemians. <behemoth>. He's Neanderthals. <laughs> here's Yankee royalty and their wives and mothers, right? And Jimmy. I notice he starts going to the rip side. And I'm like,
2: oh shit. <laughs> and then he starts kind of like, you know, He got that look in his eyes, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, he's like, you
3: know, Johnny used to throw like a girl. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh fuck, here we go, right? So Johnny Johnny's talking. Johnny's you know, on on the field television and whatnot, Johnny lo- looks like a smaller player. In person, the guy I can tell you his jacked. His forms are like tree trunks. You know?
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> I see that,
3: like, Rip's gone, and then I look, I swear to Christ, I look over, and it's like, Johnny's gone. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what? And so, uh, I come back and Rip's got this fucking, you know, nasty look in his face and his eyes. And then Johnny's just kind of like looking over at the table real mean. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And then they get up and leave kind of hastily. And then Rip's like, you throw like a no! girl. <laughs> and the whole crew's walking out of Yankee Stadium. Oh, my God. And then I said, I peaced out. And I heard what happened is that they had another interaction in the hard rock. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy the Rip taking the Johnny Damon. There he is.
1: Wow. Wow.
3: Yeah. Man, I'm not sure I should have
1: told that story. Johnny Damon's... Damon got ripped. <laughs> Johnny Damon's a big
0: dude. <laughs> Don't worry about telling that story. Nobody's listening. <laughs> We have, hey, sm- we have a small listener. I doubt that any anybody in our audience knows Johnny the Rip. Maybe a couple. Jimmy the Rip? Jimmy, Jimmy the, the Rip. Rip. I'm sorry. Hey, no, that's all right. Yeah, we'll
1: call him Johnny the Johnny Rip. Johnny the Rip is pretty good, too, right? Johnny the Rip was yelling at Jimmy <laughs> Damon.
0: <laughs> and Jimmy Damon, right? <laughs> And, uh, it's like uh, my Chukes first Berry. day on
1: earth. It was Tewksbury's
3: wife up there. Chukes-Pray.
1: Not, uh, not, uh, Tanya. T- and Tanyan T. Sturts was there. Plays for the What's Yankees Cricket Club. Tanyan Sturts! <laughs> <laughs> I remember, 57, I think you were Tanyan
3: Sturts.
1: Uh, Milton Milton, and his best friend call each other Tanyan Sturts just because they think that's such a hilarious name. <laughs> <laughs> And they yeah, had, they added a T in the middle just for fun. Tanyan T stirts
3: <laughs> Yeah. That sounds that sounds like kind of t
1: How's uh, tell me how how's Tina doing, Sean? Do we know?
3: Yeah, she's in. She's in. Uh, from what I know, she's a good contact. Jeremy picks her up and takes her to uh, B side where I work in the East Village. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. And so she comes in, uh, maybe about once, you know, weather weather appropriate. I
1: gotta, so I gotta step gotta, out. I gotta come up and see the old girl. Can't be a that clock's ticking, if you know what I mean.
3: Schaefer, I swear to Christ, she's fucking stronger than she's ever she's been. Gonna all of us, huh? I swear to God, man. So she almost outlived me.
1: Anybody else speaking you of know? Tara? How's Tara doing? Tara's.
3: Very well, you know, she's the lovely,
1: elegant Tara Turner, of course. Does she smell she's, like uh, vanilla? She's still,
3: I was just talking about that the other day. <laughs> um, yeah, she smells like vanilla, and uh, she's not bartending anymore, she's man.
1: All right, I imagine she would be good at that.
3: Uh, yeah, she seems to be, seems to be liking
1: it. How vanilla. about? Mm. What was the name of the guy who, uh, who managed, he was one of the part of the group of owners, kind of, uh, but he managed Spring Lounge for a while, and then he went up and did their new project up in the Hudson. You remember that dude? The blind tiger guy?
3: No, are you talking about the cat? Early on, when the Blind Tiger first opened, he would like take care of the, all the tags.
1: Yeah, he was like he, he was know, like he Alan's was boss, basically.
3: He was what?
1: Alan's boss. Alan Justice's boss, basically. Like,
3: Wait, was Alan was the bald
1: dude? Right? Yeah. Yeah, Alan's who I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm not sure who you're talking about. And then he went down and he ran the Spring Lounge. Um. Oh. And then they opened up a new thing on the, you know, up in the Hudson River somewhere. uh, the suburbs.
3: I have have to ask Turner for that. I don't, I I can't remember.
1: How about Jonna? Anyone know know where Jonna is? She's up with uh, her husband in uh, Vermont. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, they've been up there for a long time. Yeah, Yeah,
3: they're good. They're good. My tiger's been a, that was a great, that was, that's a great, uh, sister bar, vice versa for The Liar. No doubt. Yeah.
1: It's still in my life today, man. How often do you make it over to West 4th Street these days?
3: Very, very little. Um uh, I really go
1: over there to see Willa. You know, Willa and Tony. Yeah. Well, not Tony anymore, but Willa. Right. Willa. Yes, yeah, I saw she came to the uh, reading last night. Did she greet you by kissing you on the mouth? She did. <laughs> 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 love love Willa. <laughs> she did. Oh baby. <laughs> Always good for oh. a solid just mouth kiss. Hello and a solid mouth kiss. Hello. Goodbye. Okay. Oh
0: man. You're nice. Got, I mean, That's it's more than European.
1: Matthew <laughs> It's it's very,
3: very very West Village. <laughs> yeah, very nicely.
0: I'm happy for once for one fucking brief moment. Sean, when are you gonna when are you gonna come see us in Austin?
1: Yeah, you gotta- I'm telling you, brother, your number listen,
3: here's what's gonna happen. I've been trying to get to Austin forever, forever, and something always happens.
0: Now's the time. Wait, Russia invades Ukraine. (laughs) Well, that's,
1: yeah, whatever. Sean, (laughs) whenever you do make it down here, there will be a reading at the front page, obviously. Oh, man, there's going to be a lot of things at the front page. Book party? We'll have, you know, just, yeah, let's just have a party. Parties. A series of of parties.
3: What's uh what shift could I do down there? What are you going to throw
1: me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you name it, man. You can
2: have any shift you like.
3: <laughs> no, stop it. Those kids, that work hard. Hey, what was the name of your man who worked at, uh... Uh... uh Stacy. Yeah, that cake. he rolled me for, like, 150 off a of Denver bet.
1: <laughs> uh... I'm sorry to tell you this. Stacy passed away. Get the fuck? No. Really? Yeah. Son of a bitch. He had some really dramatic shit going on with the girl, and it did not end well. Jesus. Um. So, yeah, I miss him a lot. Obviously love that guy. He talked about you all the time. <laughs> you made a big impression on Stacy. <laughs>
3: Fucking how was it? The girl that he was with
1: when he was up here? No, different one. Um,
3: different one. Okay. Not that I would remember, to be quite honest with you. but...
1: She was a new one. She was real, real bad news. She had been imp- Jesus implicated. Christ. She had been implicated in the in the death of her ex, who was a tattoo artist. Oh my god! Just months before, and so we still don't know exactly what went on. But it was whatever it was. It was it was really bad. and uh, really sad. And obviously, Stacy was a light in all of our lives. Yeah, yeah the, he would talk about you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you and that family's loss, man. I'm so, I did not know that. I'm sorry. Because he made that first time that he came up with Ken and I, um, he made a bet with you. And then, what, two 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 and a half years later or something, he came back <laughs> he and <keeps> you, <laughs> you pulled that off the back wall. <laughs> <He's>
3: like, <"Give laughs> I'm looking at it, He's like, he's like, hey. And I kind of like, I kind of remember him. I kind of didn't. And I'm looking at him. He's looking at me, and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you remember me? And I'm like, obviously not. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and he's like, the temp about. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, and he's looking at me, going, where is it, Bell? <laughs> I think it was like for like 150 or something. Yeah, like that. It for it like, for. A- hey, you know what it was. It was uh, Peyton Super Bowl.
1: He that said just, Peyton was going to win a Super Bowl right now. Uh, twenty four <laughs> for a twenty. I'd
0: have I'd have been with you, brother.
1: You know, for a twenty four year old on a weekend in New York City, like, that that hundred fifty bucks was clutch for him.
3: <laughs> yeah, and if, it, it did, I can, I remember it hurt me a little bit. I'm like, because uh, I had like like I was supposed to like go out like, the next night or something <laughs> like that, and I I was like, hey, listen, man. I wants his money. money. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna you know? Hey, <laughs> and uh give the kid his money, come on. You know, I'm
1: really sorry to hear that, man. Fuck. Honestly, I'm glad you asked about it. you know, I like to talk about him you know, just so we can remember him. We, uh, we had, yeah,
0: we, oh had we had an episode,
1: you know, Everybody Matthew had a That's night too. or two with Stacy.
0: <laughs> oh, Did, yeah. Didn't he throw me out of the mongoose? <laughs> something
1: like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: I mean, come on,
0: You're not. Shall no, I mean, we? I'm, I'm. I am actually dying to hear this poem that you wrote for Sean.
3: Okay. Oh yes, I'm, yes.
0: Which, okay. but no, Sean, you were about to say something. Were you gonna? What were you saying? I forget. Go ahead. No, come on, come on. on. Uh, honestly, it was. Uh,
1: I was gonna ask Schaefer if he uh used to run into or if he's heard from McGillic. Uh oh, just McGillic. uh I, you know, I FaceTime with, you know, Fiona and Lindsay and Tom every now and then. Usually like I'll be with my with Sha- my nephew Shafee. Uh and he and I you know, he and Fiona were born like a week apart. Right. So Shafi and I will, uh, will FaceTime with Fiona and Lindsay and, you know, ch- and catch up with Tom, too. When was the last time you saw him? Huh. Probably a while. About three years ago. Like, like a global pandemic locking everybody down, that's like the ideal lifestyle for Tom. <laughs> <laughs> he can sit on his laptop and vape and not leave the house. That's the way he would rather have things anyway, you know?
3: Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. And I knew it. It's just I sent these, uh, you know, these incredible genius
1: texts out and into the vapor of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bummer. Oh, yeah. He's not going to text any of yeah, us back yeah, for any reason. What,
3: and you know what, Matthew? It is a bummer. And you know what? It doesn't go unnoticed. I'll say that. I'll
2: just say that. Well, yeah, the chance...
1: Respond to texts, people. I'm surprised. I'd be surprised if Lindsay missed both of your readings. You know. You would know, like be surprised if Lindsay was. I would be surprised I, I wouldn't be surprised if Lindsay showed up next next week for your second reading, uh, you know? No.
3: Nah. I of that I wouldn't be surprised if uh Kath, Kath did.
1: Uh people uh although people with kids, you know, Matthew's got kids. It changes your life, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> it does, man. It does. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: You're you're not the master of your own
3: destiny anymore. No, no. Yeah. Definitely not. I applaud you, sir. It's, I di- don't it's difficult.
1: I, do it. I, I, I don't know. either. I don't either. Sean, don't buddy, know. it has been awesome talking with you. And It
3: has been an absolute pleasure, gentlemen. I really appreciate and applaud the call.
1: <laughs> and now that you know uh, how this is done, we'll, we'll we'll definitely get you back on again soon gentlemen, any time, place.
0: I was a little behind the curve here because, you know, in the past we've, we've interviewed a lot of Schaefer's friends and, but, but he's always, you know, given me, I, I usually look people up on the interwebs. I get a, I get a sense of their, of their online presence and some things about them and the book. And, you know, I would have, I would have had uh, some questions, some, some Dick Cavett style battle says that I have a Dick Cavett, uh, delivery with my interviews. Um, I, I so, but, but, praise.
3: I'm a huge
0: fan. But, but, it. but meeting you, uh,
1: you know, over the phone this way has been great. I tell you what, boys, why don't we do this? Uh, Matthew and I will get a couple copies of the book. You know, I haven't read it since I read the first draft. Whatever it's,
0: it's the first four first, years. O, it's the first yeah, OMH sure book quick, club.
1: Put some, uh, put some fresh peeps on that. I four or five years, so I would love to reread it. And uh, Matthew can read it, and we'll get you back on again, and we'll talk about it. How about that? Uh, I was like nothing more, sincerely. All right, well, give everybody... I'll expect my signed
3: copy in the mail post-taste. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: what a treat. I'll then you... yeah, i want kidding. I, I, I want a signed copy, too.
0: I'll, I'll just... No, I'll just... We'll buy the book, right? We'll where, then buy where, we'll we'll you hey, some Hey, Sean, where can you get... Say the name of the book and say where you can get that book. Sure. It's uh, called Daylight
3: Baby and it, it's
1: available on Amazon. Okay. And we'll, we'll put a link obviously. for it. We'll put a link to it up on the Facebook page. The we'll song. just
0: buy it as great patrons of the arts that we are. Yeah,
3: I'm going to try knocking <laughs> on doors to like smaller bookstores. You know what, Schaefer? I'm sorry. Before I go real quick, do you have any, like, how to like, get in
1: space in, like, a small store, like maybe, like, a Mercer Books or, like? Go, definitely go to... Is that is there still that bookstore uh, over by St. Mark's Church? Yeah,
3: sure. So there's books the the smaller ones, but what's the protocol? Like, what's the what is it? Just knocking on the door, going here, put this on your shelf? You know,
1: I I think it would be easiest to call in advance and find that out. Yeah, but maybe just be like, hey, is there a manager or something? You know, I'm a local writer. Uh, What do I need to do? Right, but just talk to the manager because yeah, I know that there's and uh, also uh there's a place uh over in brooklyn on like underhill kind of a north slope yeah uh definitely i'll i'll track them down for you that's another place that leaps my mind is a place that would really go out of their way to support local yeah. new york all right. writers we can get into it later. yeah yeah all right all right love you give everybody up in new york my love won't you man i will and for you, you know it. Matthew, an
0: absolute Sean, pleasure, brother. Sean, so nice to meet you. Come see us. You as well. Or maybe I'll maybe player, I'll brother. go to New York. Yeah, we should go to what New York. A, what a crazy hey, idea that is. You'll be well taken care of, you okay. know. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you for All your right. time, man. Thanks for having me. Oh wait. Yeah. wait. let's listen to the poem. Okay. Can can you keep oh, okay. can you keep him on the line, and we're I, gonna.
1: Actually, I don't think I can no, play I, the oh, poem. Okay, I,
0: okay, well, Sean, We're gonna get off the line, and I'm gonna listen to this poem, and
1: and we'll get you back on soon to chat about it. All right. All right. All right, boys. All right. Bye. Take it easy, buddy. All right, be easy. Okay. And then here we go with.
0: And I'm gonna imagine your face on a screen, at a bar, at a reading. What with the other with the other poet in the room,
1: quaking in their boots. Quaking in his boots. <laughs> Watch out, Russell <laughs> Dillon. I'm coming. I'm coming for you. Uh, what a pleasure. Uh, yeah. What a Pleasure, Sean Welsh was the yeah, best
0: best guest ever. Great. Sorry to there. all the previous guests. <laughs>
1: Villanelle for Sean Welsh. I pull one from the ice and think of Sean Welsh, my several different friends contained in one man, the pugilist who only ever fights himself. Inspiration, perspiration, degradation. For what else do we have to give our thanks? Or you can just pull one from the ice and raise it to Sean Welsh, a dependable correspondent from the bottom of hell, and an expert specific. To the text of Anchorman, the pugilist who most notably fought himself, there for me when I wasn't even here for myself, a bit of a moral compass for our wayward clan, keep one on ice for Sean Welsh, trusty and rusty as an old knife, who else but our friend would deal in such dangerous slang as words, the most vicious opponents are ourselves. And we all gave as good as we got, but Welsh was there to pick us up and pick up his own self, pull one from the ice, raise it to Sean Welsh, the pugilist unafraid of the fight against himself.
3: Damn,
0: son. <laughs> that was a good poem. And I I mean, I love the cadence and the, the your the rhyme scheme, and then but I can really feel like the homage, right?
1: Yeah, especially if I can't
0: imagine how he was feeling when he heard that. I I think he was probably
1: super stoked. Especially if I'm uh, writing a poem in honor of somebody else, the villanelle is a great form because it repeats those lines and you know Uh, it it, it has a a lot of form of poetry inherent. Yeah, a lot of inherent drama to it. Yeah, Yeah. man, really nice. Thank you. So much fun and such a great guy
0: well he really did save the episode episode (laughs) 129 saved by sean (laughs) all right we love you give us some reviews
1: tell your friends to download please get at us thanks uh any new listeners who might be listening because of sean also our friends down in san antonio uh cat and and jeff
0: got at us and they're still listening it's i'm super stoked.
1: cat and jeff we love you uh, Jameson said he's one episode behind But he's still listening Love you buddy All right, We love you all Obviously Everyone. we if love Alex if you, are, if
0: you can hear this Which nobody listens to the end of the show So I don't think there's anybody <laughs> But if you can hear this We love you And the poor of the choices The sweet of the
4: wine